Coming to you pre-recorded from a cramped closet in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a New York City apartment far too close to the street. It's your favorite millennials with too much time on their hands. Welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. I, the current voice you're listening to, am TJ Patrick, joined with the Dottie to my kit. I'm glad you said it so I didn't have to, Trevor Catalano. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Hey, uh, hey she gets redeemed. Um, uh, I mean, that's not really the point of the comparison. <laughs> anything you can do, I can do better. Yep. I can do uh, anything better so, than you. <laughs> that's factual. Um, so yes, he can. <laughs> today we are going to be doing another Rejector Renew on the... God, the thing that won't fucking die, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Having an unprecedented second continuation, we are going to be renew... Wow, I almost said reject, and then I almost said renew. Fuck. We are going to be reviewing uh, Season 3 of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air later on in the show. Uh, Will we renew it? Will Will we... Oh my god. Will we renew it? Or will we reject it? God, it's all those W's You can tell TJ's having a hard time with the third round of Fresh Prince. I mean, it's like Tom Brady in Super Bowls, where you're kind of like, <laughs> you know, the first few times you're like, I guess that makes sense. And by the third, you're like, okay, fuck off. Well, I mean, I mean, Tom Brady's won a third Super Bowl to make a dynasty? Twice. I mean, yeah, right. he's won more Super Bowls than any team has won Super Bowls, so. Yeah. <laughs> like... So. Honestly, this fucking year really has been the most walk off, drop the mic like you were saying kind of exclamation point. (laughs) Um, Although don't go don't go saying he's the goat of all goats because like, I mean, like, fuck you, dude. Who? Like, no, no, I'm saying fuck fuck you to the people who say that Tom Brady's goat of all goats because he happens to be the top guy in football because Serena Williams has won how many grand slams? Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I I didn't hear the Serena I didn't hear the Serena Williams part. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't dare say fuck Serena Williams. Weird, that's a gift. No, I just literally didn't hear the name you said. So I thought you were like shouting out like a a sportscaster or like a journalist or something. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, but yeah, Ser- yeah, Serena. No, Williams. it's mostly oh it's mostly white supremacists who say that uh, he's the goat of all goats because because all the other goats are black. Um, <laughs> so. We're anyway, kidding. we are moving so on off topic. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, um, hey, this is actually kind of nice because the thing we're going to talk about before we talk yeah. about Fresh Prince is a sports thing. Uh, it is. I mean, March, as you probably well know by now, March got just engulfed by two huge two part episodes. And it's TJ's uh, fault. This has really been the Disney month when in actuality, March is Women's History Month. So we wanted to like just do something, something. Um, to be fair, we had the most guests and the most female guests we ever had on the show this month. Ba-ba. So there's that. Uh, that was a happy basically accident. we're the two guys from the original Red Team, and so we had the ladies of Red the Team. The ladies. Um, God, that was loud. Um, don't <laughs> don't make the implication that they're all to be deflowered. No, don't do that. I wasn't. I um, deliberately didn't. F- continue that line (laughs) 
Anyway, they're wonderful their women, own. and you should go follow them on all their social medias and support them in everything they do. Uh, they were here last week. Go listen to last week's two part podcast. Um, <laughs> but today, yes, uh, in keeping with Women's History Month, we are going to be uh, very quickly before we get into reject or renew because it's not long enough to carry an entire episode unless we're doing, you know, an HBO show or Molly's here. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Molly. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, we are going to be talking about A League of Their Own, which has a very unique history with me. But uh, what's your history with A League of Their Own, Trev? Uh, very limited. I have people around me who love the movie and I had seen probably like I've o- I'd only seen like the montages or at least I only remembered the montages from when I watched it. So really sitting down and watching it was was a treat for me last night because I had a hell of a week um, and I was like, I got a cat. Then when we were discussing, that's why I had originally actually suggested Legally Blonde, which I will make you cover. Um, you don't have to somehow, make me cover but, Legally Blonde. It's a good movie. <laughs> OK, but uh so like I was like, especially this week where I was like, look, we got to do something good. I knew like, you know, you'll find out how we feel about Fresh Prince's third season in a sec. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of just knew I was like, we need something good and I need something good for my week. So I was very happy with our choice. Yeah. Um. So I first watched A League of Their Own. I think in like 2018, I want to say so. Like, only three years ago, relatively recently, and I think the only reason I even watched it was because, oh yeah, that makes sense. So, actually, this would have made more sense if I watched it in the beginning of 2019. So, like, two years ago I watched this movie, because uh, Penny Marshall unfortunately passed away, and a lot of people were talking about A League of Their Own, and I was like, oh yeah, I've never seen that movie. So I went and watched it. And for a while, I legitimately called it my favorite comedy. Um, this was obviously before, because uh, for some reason, I think I had seen, quote unquote, Hot Fuzz before, but I never really paid that much attention to it. It's my, as I touched on in our Edgar Wright episode, my history with like uh, Hot Fuzz specifically is very, like, fuzzy. I'm like, when did I first see that movie? I know it wasn't in 2019. Uh, Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, eventually Hot Fuzz, like, at this point, if you were to ask me what's my favorite comedy, I would probably say Hot Fuzz. But before that, it was A League of Their Own. Uh, And honestly, it's mainly just because it was a comedy movie that was funny, that made me laugh, but had a good story and was just genuinely emotional in certain points. Um, which, yeah, if you primarily cut your teeth growing up on like 2010s comedies, yeah, you're really gonna be fiending for like, can you give me a comedy that makes me feel shit, please? <laughs> I'm sick. Of the fucking, like, all the Seth Rogen shit, the hangover shit. I'm over it. I want a comedy movie with some depth, please. With characters and character development. 
Uh, and that was, yeah, A League of Their Own was that for me uh, for a bit, for a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get into it. I, I think what I actually like I find super endearing about this movie is that like it's a pretty crass movie when you think about it and you think about like when it was made, which was like what, early 90s? Um, 92. Yeah, 92. And so like it's like the jokes are actually pretty crass, but they're like funny. It's it's one of those moments where it's like it's not like the 2000s humor where it's like it's crass so that I shock you. It's like it's crass because it's crass and it's like it's it's funny because everyone's kind of in on it. No one's really majorly hurt by anything. Um, so, yeah, that was something that I just found like noteworthy. But I just think like literally these characters are just immediately endearing. Um, like just the 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 amount of work that these that these actors are doing in the baseball scenes and like how everyone had to learn. And I did look this up. Like apparently uh, Gina Davis like was a recast. Like had somebody else cast as her a week before filming. Gina Davis comes on, knows nothing about baseball and becomes the best player in the cast on top of being cast as the best player. And so I'm like props to them for busting their asses on this. Um, it's actually funny because even though I don't have a history with this movie, I have a deep history with young women in sports. Um, because both of my older sisters, um, and the town that I grew up in sports was a huge thing and women's sports was a huge thing. I was not the sports person, but I spent a lot of time at softball games, a lot of time at basketball games. And like, I give so much props to professional women athletes, like the WNBA is so underrated. Um, and so like, it, it was, it was almost like nostalgic for me to see them running drills and like being the, seeing the talent happen, um, so I was immediately just like, cool, I'm on their side. No matter what happens, I'm on their side. They can even be annoying and I'm on their side. Doesn't matter. I mean, Gina Davis is is pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, female athletes in general, amazing. Um, always woefully under, always woefully underrated. Fucking like like legitimately the best like sports team in the last few years, the women's soccer team fucking yeah. Hello. And they get like, no, they get like, They're no play. shit. Like it's hard to win fucking soccer games, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to be the best uh, in the world. It's at soccer. <laughs> like people want to know about our looked- men's team. Our men's team hardly qualifies half the time. Nobody looks at the U.S. and goes, oh, yeah, soccer. Like, fucking no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like one thing I also lo- will say, uh, apparently everyone's a dick in the past. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Everyone's a dick in the past. Not just like with the heckling, but like with John Lovitz's character just being like, they're like, no, you need to be nicer. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck and I'm not going to change. And everyone just kind of goes, ah, you just just the amount of how much of a dick everybody is. The fact that the bus driver just walks back to the nearest town, leaving his bus. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, how are are people behaving like this? Because they're men, they get to. No, sorry, because they're white men, they get to. Yeah, Uh, true. No, sorry, because they're white, straight men, they get to. (laughs) I, uh, while I while I wish it wasn't the case, I did appreciate the nod that Dottie has towards the black women about how it's like, hi, this is a story about women, but it's, but it unfortunately can't be a story about all women because of the time period it's based on. Yeah. Um, 
like that's unfortunate. Um, there's a couple unfortunate things. Like I didn't like the whole, uh, I raised her to be a boy. So that's why she's ugly. And it's like, no, stop. She's not ugly. Well, I think um, that's his her. way of spinning. it. I think that's his way of spinning that to John Lovitz. Like, Hey, 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 it's not her fault. It's my fault. Put it on me. Don't blame her for this. Um, and it's like a very fit. It's like a very, you know, back then way of putting it. It's a very like, 30s 40s way of saying like look it's not that my daughter's unattractive because all women are attractive but i didn't raise her to be a woman so therefore it makes sense that she's not attracted i'm like kind of fucking back roads kind of all all around the goddamn world logic (laughs) um but yeah uh, that's genuinely like probably the first proper emotional moment in the film, though, is that bond between uh Marla and her dad is just genuinely like even while I was watching it this morning, I was like, no, that's yeah, it got me to feel shit. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of those moments where you just it hooks you immediately. The only person who you don't really get hooked on immediately is Kit. I immediately get hooked on Kit. I immediately sympathized i have a thing with the actress because here's the thing i know her i knew her from orange is the new black which is contemporary and her character is intentionally grating in that movie and so when i looked it up i was like oh that's why i'm having a hard time with her (laughs) it's because i remember what else she's done um but and then she grows on me and then just the girl who can't read i'm just like oh my god tears such a that's a great moment and the I, way the women handle it versus the men is yes. I just any any female solidarity, any time mm-hmm. is just like I'm like I'm here for it. Yes, because this is the shit you don't get when toxic masculinity is the norm, and most sports yeah. movies are about men fucking fighting amongst each other until the very end, where they finally get on the same page. And it's just like. Right. I like that a team feels like a damn team. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just funny to me that they would write the names in cursive. <laughs> I mean, yes, that was so funny to me. I was like, why are they in cursive? <laughs> this is baseball. Oh, my God. There's no cursive in baseball. I was literally two seconds away. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I mean, perfect segue. I think this is why Tom Hanks is Woody. This movie. I genuinely yeah, I believe this is somebody saw this movie and was just like, holy shit, that guy's that guy's a great asshole. We could get him to play our <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but of course he's Tom Hanks, which means you're gonna like him eventually. I mean like Tom, like, Tom Hanks really has to play a like caricature for you to not like who he is but it kind of fits it kind of fits not just Mm. in the time but in this specific character of like i mean he's bitter he like you could see it even when he gets better there's always a bitterness with like there's a contentiousness between him him and dotty because like he's somebody that would sell his soul to play one more game and Dottie is someone who's naturally good that would give it up in a second. And, like, that's just, there's so 
much, even with the caricature. It's like that's good character. That's good character development. Oh no, I wasn't actually referring to that. I, I he has a uh, no, yeah. in Cloud Atlas. That's a caricature. Um, uh, well, I. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. We will we will never watch that movie. Um, okay, okay. Book's good, but we'll never watch that movie. <laughs> that's actually one of my lines. I don't. I will never watch Cloud Atlas again. The movie sucks. Uh, book is good. I mean, you're the one talking about a supposed bad movie tournament, not me. So, <laughs> oh, I would love that. I would love that. Let us know if you'd like that. That would um, be so difficult yeah. to do, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a long form thing. Um, Madonna. She was good, but like, I like her. It kind of bugs me that she gets such top billing because it's mm-hmm. Madonna, because the character doesn't do that much yeah like she gets top billing over kit over what's her name Lori petty uh yeah i think so yeah it's it's uh yeah i mean that's not surprising i while i was looking up facts about the movie when i found out that gina davis did like hardcore training and got better than everyone else i learned that like during the world series like shooting time all the extras in the stands had to be entertained so like tom hanks did puppetry and uh um and like everybody did, so like people did stand up and everything like that. Um, Rosie O'Donnell did like stand up, but Mad- people were like, "Well, Madonna can perform," and Madonna's like, "I'm not doing that." And so other actors performed her songs in front of her in like a mocking way. So like clearly, it's Madonna's agent going, "She's Madonna." God. Yeah, uh, so, but it's not surprising. But we kind of mentioned you kind of mentioned briefly one thing I have to gush about in this movie and that is Rosie O'Fucking Donald you national treasure I adored her yeah honestly her probably her best performance although I did hear Turk a lot because that's just how my life works I because it's just her voice <laughs> yeah. yeah um God, I loved her in this movie. This movie, I remember the first time I watched it, I paused it so many times and was just like, God damn it, Rosie. You're not the main character. I, I can't. You, <laughs> you steal every damn scene you're in. Fuck. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be concentrating on other things. You can't do this. <laughs> Oh, but she's so good. She's she could just say a single line and it's the funniest thing in the entire scene. And it's just oh, so god, I love um, her in this movie. So, fuck that kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> oh my god, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> but it is also kind of sweet. Like, at the end. At the end. Where Stillwell mm-hmm. is grown, and he's there for his mom who passed, and it's just like, this, the, I, the film is so sneaky in that way, of like- Oh yeah, I had, my last note is, fuck Hans, like, fuck, like, fuck you, like, I didn't expect to cry, but Hans Zimmer made me cry. <laughs> yeah, I had to kind of rush through the ending, because I've seen this movie before, like I said, it used to be my favorite comedy- so I watched it like this morning briefly before we recorded, but I did have to skip the ending. But I know, I know that if I would have watched that ending, I would have teared up again. Um, Cause damn it. 
Because, yeah, I went through the same thing you did. I was just like, fuck off. No, this is a comedy, damn it. Why are you making me cry? <laughs> um, I mean, there's a reason this movie is in the National Archives. It's really good. I will say there is a point, though. There is a point where it's like, uh, you kind of you're damned you're damned if you do damned if you don't by historical accuracy. Some things just yeah. don't really get to be as cathartic as they could be, or as final and resolute and perfect with a bow as they could be, because you can't get around actual historical events, um, or even you know based on a compilation of historical events. Like there are some things that if you did them, they would be too far. For the time period. Not, or it would change no, the nature of the story. Not even that. It's just literally like not having Tom at the end is so weird. Because yeah. he's such a vital part of the movie. And then he's just, that's it. It's just, it's over. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean it's over? It's a movie. You can't do that. And I'm like, Oh, fucking historical accuracy. I just, uh, and then there's the decision because this decision was weird to me because apparently Dottie is based on a specific woman and the woman played, I don't know, I think 10 seasons or some number of seasons that wasn't one. Yeah. And so the film goes, no, she only played one season. Feels like they split. Feel like they split her into two characters and made her both Kit and Dottie. I mean, uh, apparently the Kit and Dottie thing was based on uh, the writer of the documentary that inspired this movie's mom and aunt. So it's like that sibling rivalry thing was kind of a fictionalized, like, emotional core of the movie. Um, But it is... Kind of, it leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth at the end of the movie because, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, because I'm the big platonic guy. I'm the guy that infamously, if you can have a platonic, like, different sex relationship, I'm all for it. That's I'm all for, like, yes, God, more men and women friendships, please, that are not romantic. Please normalize this shit, because it's weird that any time a man and a woman are alone in a scene, it has to lead to fucking romance. Ugh. But, you know, keep that in mind, but also, I really didn't need the whole, like, because one way to view this movie for so long is that, you know, oh, Dottie and Jimmy... But I'm like, no, I could really do without that and just have them being like, you know, genuine like adversaries turned friends and then they learn to respect each other. But here's the thing. Her husband comes He's right great. the fuck out of nowhere. And he is the reason that she leaves. And so I hate him. <laughs> no, but he supports her when she goes back. She won't communicate to him what she wants because she doesn't know what she wants. 
I, I don't. I don't blame Bill Pullman's character in this case. I don't think it's his fault, and he supports her. He he supports her in the stands when she plays. I just I'm like, cause that's a writing thing. That is a hundred percent a writing thing of like you can't have a character not be in the entire two thirds of the movie, then come in the third movie, cause the rift and the disruption, and not expect me to not like that character. Come, no, you can't do that. Oh, if that's the principle why you don't like the character, sure. But I don't yeah. think it's, I don't think it's his fault. Because he just, he's like, he's like a fucking Flanders character that just comes in as, and is so nice and perfect. And like, look, these characters spent time and screen time and went through shit. And I bonded with all of these characters and this one other character comes in and all of a sudden that's all broken. And I'm like, no, at least you have to have a scene earlier somehow of like, hey, let's meet her husband before he goes to fucking war. Like, let's at least get a picture of like, hey, these are this is a nice couple. We want them together. We're rooting for them. But like, he just, he shows up and everything goes to shit. And that's not to say that it wasn't going to shit already because of the whole Dottie and Kit stuff. But like, oh, I I remember watching this and feeling a little weird about it, but it didn't ruin the movie for me. The second time I watched it, I was just like, you know, it was all fun and games until her husband showed up. And then it became a fucking drama. (laughs) And whatever. (laughs) But, um... And then her husband's fucking dead in in the current timeline, too. So he really just does jack shit. (laughs) All right. Uh, But it's it's a good comedy. It's a good emotional comedy. It's not... I think the one of the main reasons Hot Fuzz so seamlessly replaced it for me is because it's just the nature of who I am. If you asked me to watch Hot Fuzz two or three times, back to back to back, I could do it. I can't watch A League of Their Own two or three times back to back to back. Like Yeah, because you don't need to. No, it's too heavy. Like I can't I can't do a lot of drama and seriousness. I can do comedy. Or I can do animation. Even if even more serious elements of animation I can do. But like the heaviness that comes with World War Two, with sexism, with, you know, all of this shit. Like, I can't, like, I can't do this <laughs> anytime. I can't just randomly go, you know what? I think I'll watch A League of Their Own. So, ultimately, that's why it kind of, it fell to Edgar. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's talk about another comedy, shall we? Yes, we shall. All right, so, unprecedented. Unforeseen. This has never happened before, and I don't know if it shall ever happen again. But somehow, the cockroach of this Reject or Renew series that is... God damn it. <laughs> Making myself That's laugh. Mean, I know, but, like, seriously, this thing is back again. We've, this it won't is, go away. We won't leave. Like the Fresh Prince is here again. It has returned again. We are in the third season, 
And so far, we haven't even gotten another show to get a second season. And we're in the third season of Fresh Prince. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, world wanted us to get here. Hashtag justice for animation. We need an animated show next. I'm counting on you, people. (laughs) I'm counting on the winds of fate. (laughs) I'm sick of it. I'm over it. Okay. And I'm in rare form because, uh, as is usually the case on this podcast, I was literally, like, literally right before this, I did finish it. So it's fresh. (laughs) It's fresh in my mind. And so, uh... It's a fresh prince. It's... God damn it. I can't believe I walked right into that. So... God. Yeah. I don't know how you didn't make the joke already. <laughs> because I don't um, do that's that. That's really surprising for me. That's not my shtick on this show, Trevor. Your shtick is... No, your shtick is anger. ...is the easy puns and dad jokes. That's you. Okay, yeah. And I also... <laughs> look, look. I'm a full spectrum of jokes here. And whole a whole spectrum of dad jokes. And I don't laugh at my own jokes. And I don't laugh at my own jokes. Thank you very much. Okay. Look what it's doing to us. Look what the show is doing to us. Also, that is a damned lie. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's just let's just get started. So, you know, we're gonna do it the same way we normally do it. We'll do an episode guide. We're gonna fly through this one. Um honestly. And uh because cause quite frankly, like, you know, even though I said it's mean to describe it as a cockroach, like we're here again. It has that's the general yeah. energy. It's like we're here again. Um and it wasn't that long ago that we talked about like these have actually been somewhat evenly spaced out. Where it's like we did Thanksgiving and then Christmas and then here we are for March like it hasn't really had that much time for like fondness to grow either. Uh, but if this is your first time listening to a reject or renew episode of the Red Team Reviews podcast, how this works, we are going to review the entirety of the third season of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because it won our draft of shows at the end of February. Uh, at the end of this episode, we will draft a new show for April, but... First, we are going to rapid fire machine gun go through every episode, uh, giving a one one to two sentence summary of the episode. The next person will uh, give you know a brief summation of their thoughts. The other person will give their thoughts, and then the next person will describe the next episode. You'll see how it works. It's very ping pong back and forth. After we get done with the episode guide, we will go into highest and lowest rated episodes, as well as most and least valuable characters, general notes on the show, and then we will decide whether or not we will renew or reject the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. All right. So, before uh, we started, we did decide, we finally are professional enough to decide this before we start recording. Um, I will take the odds, Trevor will take the evens, and without any further ado, here is your episode guide for season three of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Starting with episode one, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. After spending the summer in Philly, Will returns with a new look and a new beeper. Naturally, Phil goes crazy. Uh, We're here again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely, I heard somebody talking about the Sopranos the other day and how like the Sopranos changed TV because TV basically up until that point was let's just reset everything at the end of every episode, whether it's a drama or a, 
comedy because it's television. So why would you do a story arc? And this is a classic example where I'm just like, oh, we're doing this again? I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah. Uh, the one word I had for this episode is typical. Typical. Yeah. It's just, it's it's it just makes it feel like, you know, it, for every, like, iconic episode that we've crossed so far, it's like, you know, it's downgraded. You've downgraded everyone. And I'm going to say that many times throughout this entire season. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a controversial take, I don't think. No. Uh, season three, episode two. Will gets committed. Will and the Bankses do community service in a South Central Los Angeles neighborhood. I don't love what they're doing with Vivian. It's weird, and she definitely deserves better. Yeah, it, this is this is the season that broke that relationship. Um, and because I she gets recast after this, I believe. I wouldn't um, be surprised. And. And actually, I'll just I'll just flip over and I'll look at screenshots. Um, yeah, she gets recast after this season. So it's like it's very clear that uh, this Aunt Viv is is going through some stuff and uh, they are writing. You'll see this throughout the rest of the season. They just make her an absolutely hysterical pregnant woman. They give her no credit. Um, she she is dumbed down severely from the intelligent woman we saw the first two seasons. And it's just I, I hate I hate watching her because of what they're making her do yep it's not fun so and also i'm like their relationship with hector and the shop owner and i'm like dude you can't help that you haven't helped that guy out at all he literally fed you like what the fuck you don't recognize him immediately like and you haven't gone to talk to him fuck you (laughs) yep i feel like we're gonna have a lot this is gonna be a rare occurrence where we will have much more to say in the general notes section than we do anywhere else (laughs) uh episode three that's no lady that's my cousin when bel-air prep goes co-ed ashley starts attending will and carlton school and turning heads in the process um again we're here again uh with the boys acting a certain way and it impacting Ashley, like seen the storyline before and it's just worse because she's older. Um, it's the only episode where Ashley gets to do anything all season. Um, and it's bad. So this is by far the cringiest episode yet. My yeah, God. When Carlton's looking at her like she's hot. She's great. It's like, and he's like, it's your sister, dude. Like, dude, how do you not notice that it's your sister immediately? Also, you live in the same house. How did you not see her dressed dressed that way? I just, mm. ugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, episode four, Hillary gets a job. Hillary gets a job reporting weather on television. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I sound like a broken record. I wish they took more storylines seriously, including... The fact that is this this is this the third time that we've had a Hillary gets a job episode? I think it is. Yeah, I think we've literally had one every season. I mean, I'll I'll put a pin in it because I don't hate this one. I yeah, I agree with you. Like it's it's the introduction of Trevor is actually one of the best parts of the season. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that. Episode five, Mama's baby, Carlton's maybe. An ex of Carlton claims he's the father of her child. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to see it. A, I don't want to see Carlton in this situation. B, it's like, oh, they're black. Let's do this. I'm like, oh god, this is. 
there's nothing unique about this storyline. And like we talked about before, there was that whole thing with his, with the opponent who had the kid. And mm. like, that was a much better take on like the whole situation than this. This is like very much like, you know, laugh gags and like, you know, the fantasy of like, oh, what's it going to be like when I am run down with so many kids? And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm having such a hard time even remembering specific jokes that I didn't like because I didn't like so many of them across the season. Everybody's just acting like taking their worst attribute and just amplifying it the entire season. I have written tasteless on so many levels. That is this episode in a nutshell and really so many big gaping parts of this season in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, like the whole thing is that they're like, they're like, oh, we're going to prove it's not yours. Like, like rich people. And I'm like, that's gross. Like, you know, regardless, you like this girl. Can you try to help her? Like you're, you're just trying to game your way out. And I'm like, you know, obviously you want, you don't want to ruin your son's life, but like, it's very uncouth as to how you're handling it. Mm-hmm. Episode six, P.S. I love you. Will feels guilty accepting gifts from a plain girl. <laughs> that's literally, that's, that's how HBO Max describes it. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, I literally have written here. What a worthless episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had. That's what I wrote <laughs> after I watched it. It's just what a worthless episode. <laughs> I have not that. Like, yeah. what can you say? Like, we're gonna become. There's nothing to say. The we're premise of the episode start- in and of itself is something we don't like. We're just going to start repeating ourselves. <laughs> this is going to go so quickly. Like, we have 24 episodes to go through, and it's it's not going to take that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> Episode 7, Here Comes the Judge. Phil starts his campaign for Superior Court Judge, but for some reason, this episode is about jazz. Yeah. Also, also just like, what, he, what Will does to edit Phil's campaign uh, video... I'm like, no, that was good. Like, that's a good thing for people to see you as a human and for people to see you as, like, the kind of hip person that you're trying to hide. Like, Phil's attitude about this entire campaign is exactly why he loses. Like, it has it has less to do with uh, the other dude cheating and, and, like, you know, playing dirty as it does that Phil refuses to be anything other than, like, a stiff upper lip. And so I'm just sitting here like, this is the first, this is the only time in the season where the arc go as the arc goes where i'm like no if you used will a little bit more you probably would get more people to vote because chances are if you're running for that judge seat there's probably people black people who are going to vote for you and so you need to not worry about your bel-air like white people um the whitey bit was kind of funny um from the beginning of the season but uh you know you stop worrying about that so much will's actually doing you a favor right now do both ads why not you're rich Fuck jazz. Yeah. Jazz, jazz can go jump off. Of, jazz can be thrown out of the house, please. Jazz is never good this entire season. He wasn't, he's never been, uh, there's not been a single episode where I've been like, you know what? Jazz was really good in this episode. It, it, it doesn't exist. It hasn't happened. <laughs> Quite frankly, I'm having a hard time remembering what Jazz even did, but. (laughs) 
Uh, what are you doing this episode? I think, no, isn't this the episode, this is the episode where Jazz gets a bunch of tickets in Will's name? Oh, that's right. And so that's Will right. very rightly is like, fuck you, Jazz, get out of my life. You do nothing but harm me. And then the audience has the fucking nerve to read their cue cards Aww. and go, aww. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you stop this shit now and you let him walk. <laughs> and it's one thing It's one thing if it was like an Andy Dwyer and Parks and Rec kind of thing where he's like, oh, man, I thought those were optional. Um, but no, Jazz knows what they are. And he knows he's in trouble. And he's, tr- and he's just dodging his way out of it. Um, so it's like, you know, you could have had a character being like, no, nah, I thought if I collected enough of those, I could get like a panda at the fair. But no, that's not what's happening. Anyway, episode eight. Boys in the woods, snow traps, campers, Will, Uncle Phil and Carlton. Just stupid. Like all the all the stupidity that gets them to that point. <laughs> You're just like, you no, didn't no, check the, the weather, format. Phil. I have something to say. <laughs> you didn't check the weather. <laughs> Well, no, they did. That's the gag, remember, is that Hillary is the weather girl, and she says, oh, yeah, it's going to rain. And they look at each other, and they go, yeah, so you want to leave the rain gear here? And I'm like, "What? why would you go? You can still take it just in case. Like, what the fuck? Also, like, Hillary's not a meteorologist. She's a weather girl. So if she remembers that it says it's going to rain, you should trust that. Like, there's so many things. And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know. Last time I checked, this was the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, not the Fresh Prince of Chicago. It literally goes from raining, thunderstorming, to a snowstorm so quick. Yeah, they gotta go be like up in the mountains to do that. So quick. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting nostalgic. I'm getting homesick. What the fuck? <laughs> Uh, for this episode, I have written, um, Hillary's storyline could have been really good without Jazz, you know, like so many, so oh, many yeah. storylines. No, that was something I wanted to say, is that, like, Hillary and Trevor's romance in this episode is great. Like, it's really sweet to see her, like, really be with somebody that, like, she really likes and that, like, they compliment each other, even if they're both, like, that kind of funny shallowness. Um, I, th- I thought that that... I, f- I was forgetting what episode it was in because I was going to comment on it. I was like, no, I, I enjoyed Hillary in this episode. Yeah, their relationship is something that is so far in the background that I'm going to jump ahead a bit. Um, At some point, it ends and we just, it's like, it just, it's just, oh, it just ends off screen and all of a sudden Hillary's single again. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, but you had a recurring relationship. Why would you not? And it was a good one. And it was one you could actually do a lot of jokes with while also, you know, having some character development for the characters. And it was just like, but why? Le why? Um, and I mean, t- this season has probably two of the two of the most memorable, like, like season only characters between Trevor and Judge Robinson, like of the entire show. And so I'm like, why are uh, you relegating it, him to like a back seat? I don't know. I see too many. There are too many jokes from Judge Robinson that feel a little too truthful from these writers. So I'm just like, mm. I, 
Uh, it feels more like an excuse to just let I just loose. said memorable. I don't mean good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true. Um, and, okay, I'm going to just say the other thing I had. And, as usual, the show toys with the idea of having genuine emotion, but doesn't quite go through with it. Both right. in the Hillary thing and in the heart-to-heart with Will and Phil that's so brief you could blink and miss it, and then it's immediately followed by a joke revelation from Carlton. And it's like, yeah, God, what happened to the actual heart of this show? Like it's the third right. season. Why? What happened? I don't know. It must've been the drama. I will say one, the, one of the reasons the jazz thing is so obnoxious to me is because like Hillary's thing, Hillary's arc in this episode is literally bookended by Jeffrey. So it's literally like you introduce Jeffrey to be like the comedic foil just to ditch him for jazz. And then jazz leaves and Jeffrey comes back. And I'm like, what? just let Jeffrey be the guy who's the third wheel. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? It's almost like they really, they really want jazz to, to be present in all of Hillary's interactions, which is when they don't, weird. when no one likes it. Ugh. Anyway, let's move on. Episode nine. Episode nine. A night at a the night Oprah. At the, oh, that's you. Yeah, it that's is. That's right. That's you. <laughs> Episode spent so nine. much time. Spent so much time talking about this. <laughs> a night at the Oprah. The family is invited onto Oprah. That is the family excluding Will. Uh, my whole thing is just like, Will's annoying, but like, why are you being mean to him? Why why can't you call Oprah and be like, look, he's a part of the family. Like he he is basically immediate family. He lives with us. He cares about this a lot. Can you just throw one more chair in? Um, and it's like they're trying to play up the whole like we're embarrassed by him, but like clearly he's like showing himself in a good manner before they kick him to the curb. And like, why does no one talk to him immediately? Like that's gross. It, the, the way they're treating him and the way that like the kids don't stand up for Will too is I'm just like, God, you guys are just being gross. You're all being gross right now. Yeah, it's very manufactured tension. It's very much like right. We need this to be tension and conflict because it's a sitcom. Um, my thing was that Oprah is the highlight, very easily. Uh, Will continues to be an asshole. Uh, <laughs> because like even if you're upset, it's it's also like Will has kind of done a few things to really actually fuck up Phil's chance to, like, <laughs> get this judge seat. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, that like, because he, like, quote, stands up for them at the end. But it's, like, one sentence that he says, and it all is forgiven. And I'm like, yeah, what? Excuse me? No, you yeah, have it's to like, do you're more really than gonna, that. You're really going to... You're really going to choose getting one up on your family by being an audience member than just letting your person look good. But like, seriously, Oprah was like, Oprah was good in this episode. (laughs) I actually really liked Oprah. Yeah. (laughs) Oprah and then Oprah in the early 90s. Um, Episode 10, Asses to Ashes. Will defends Phil against the charges of a sleazy rival candidate, and then he dies. Um... I'd say one of the more memorable episodes of the of the series entirely, but not that special or funny. You keep jumping in front of me. We have I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. We have That's a structure, have say, damn it! <laughs> uh, they somehow chose the worst, ugliest, most boringly predictable way to do this premise. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a bog standard premise to begin with. But then it's like there's no real twists or turns. Like the families, like like you said in the previous episode, they're really nasty. Like Carlton especially, which is like weird coming off of season two, because Carlton really had a lot of notable moments where he stuck up for Will and was genuinely like a good brother figure to Will. And now all of a sudden it's like everyone just shits on each other all the time and there's really no nuance to it at all. And then also like the thing of, oh yeah, everyone just dogpiles on the this awful dude when he's dead. Like Phil and Will think they have to be nice and cordial and everybody else is like, no, fuck that. It's like there's really no surprises. The one nice thing in this episode is that this is probably the only real moment in the entire ep- uh, season, other than that, like, blink and you'll miss it, like, moment of bonding in the cave. Like, when Will and Phil are up there at the podium, both going like, this is crazy, right? Yeah, it is really weird. Like, that's, like, the one of the only times in the season that they genuinely connect. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's yeah. weird. All right, episode 11. A funny thing happened on the way from the forum. When Will accompanies Vivian to a Lamaze class, he meets his favorite sports writer. But when they go to a basketball game, he suddenly has to help her give birth. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't hate this episode. Um, The thing I hate about it is Vivian and Phil's back and forth. I'm like, Phil, you've done this three times. Have you really never been present for any of it? You fuckhead. Um, And you'll give her what she needs. Uh, like seriously, the whole entire Phil handling the pregnancy is just annoying all altogether. All I think Will, all in all, has a you know a nicer side in handling this handling the situation he's put in at the end of the episode. But again, I'm I, it, it's so unfortunate because I'm I'm flipping ahead in the HBO Max right now, and I'm seeing like like the older when the episodes when they're all older and in college, and I'm kind of like, mm, if only this season wasn't so shitty, I, I'd be looking forward to the rest of it. I mean, like, to the one sliver of credit I will give Phil's argument at one point is that he may have a point in that at least the older kids, there was a time where, like, you know, well, they didn't really let dads in and, you know, dads were supposed to be pacing in the waiting room, yada, 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 whatever. It's still your job and responsibility to help your wife in whatever she needs because she is fucking pregnant. She is literally going to force a human being from out of her. Like for the fourth time, go to a fucking class. <laughs> um, yeah. My thing with this episode is, is echoing that. Why the fuck is everyone so mean to Vivian all of a sudden? Because Will, too, yeah. just, like, ditches her in Lamaze, like, so quick. And I'm like, why is this the running gag of the season to just shit on Vivian? It's just weird. Like, if you just don't know any of the external stuff, if you don't know the drama, like, it's just so weird to watch everyone just shit on Vivian for this season. 
it's just the most weird thing. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to say about this next one. Episode 12, The Cold War. Will dates Carlton's ex-girlfriend. Why does anyone like Will? Yeah, this is bad. Why? This is not a rhetorical one. You, t- you tell me, damn it. You audience. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is, this is like. Explain yourself. If you yourself. ever have anybody like, like if anybody, if you know, if you have a friend who is here, here's about you listening to this podcast and you tell them about this episode about how we like just sloshed over season three. Um, and they're like, how dare you? It's such a good show. How could you not show them this episode? Like, because it is just Will does everything in his power to not be the to not do the right thing. And then gets mad when he's called out on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just it's just. This this isn't even peak Will is the thing. We still have an episode later that is worse than this. I know for a fact but, like, this is just typical, Will. It's just typical. And I've been saying this in season one, and people gave me shit. But no. No, I've been saying it. I've been not having my rose-colored, nostalgia-tinted glasses on this entire time. Fictional Will Smith is a fucking menace. Fuck him. He's an asshole. And this is just another example of it. Fuck. Episode 13, Mommy Nearest. Tensions run high during a family reunion when Will's mom naturally assumes he would want to come back to Philly after graduation. Trevor? I don't care about this episode and the whole, like, fantasy flash forward of him being an old man is stupid. It's so long! It's so long and drawn out and not funny and dumb and stupid and I hate it. Uh, I wrote, somehow the writers are both at their best and their worst with these extended family episodes. And that's a really odd dynamic I've noticed. Some of the best individual moments are in these extended family episodes. But then also, you get shit like Vi's just blatant racism towards the white guy. Yeah. And it's just like, these... Oh, it's so binary. It's like, it's either really good or really bad. And I just fucking can't. Also, it sends really weird mixed messages because, like, Will loves his mom. And he loves Philly. So, it just reeks of manufactured tension to make him... Right. Assume that by going back home, he'll be stuck with his mom forever? Because that's not how life works. No. <laughs> Why don't you assume you'll be stuck in Bel Air forever? It's the... Wh- uh, what's up? <laughs> God damn like, it. An easy, way, an easy way out of that and to create actual tension is just is, is Phil being like, well, yeah, but you don't expect that you're going to live here forever. It's weird. It's just weird all around because Phil basically gives off the impression this season more than any other season that if he could throw Will off a bridge, he would do it and not hesitate. But then also, (laughs) but then also, also, I want to give him everything and give him the best education and everything. (laughs) Right. And it's just like, what do you want us to think, writers? What do you want from us? All right, episode 14. Winner takes off. Will and Carlton trick Jeffrey into thinking he won the lottery. Seriously, why does anyone like Will? 
And why does Jeffrey <laughs> go back? Because they embarrass him. It doesn't make any right. sense. Like, they get him fired from a new job that he does not like. But even still, it's like, that's the kind of shit where, like, ugh. Also, Jeffrey, you don't quit until you have that money in hand. Yeah. I almost that's expected... Just, yeah. I almost expected the episode to do the swerve of like, no, we actually, we knew you were doing this. It's a dumb prank. We're pranking you to teach you to not do pranks anymore. But then when it was just like, oh no, they're going to play it straight. I was like, no, no, it would have been much better the other way. Damn it. (laughs) God damn. Episode 15, Robbing the Banks. When the family hires an ex-con to do work around the house, they're robbed blind and assume the worst. Um, I just think it's unusual Phil's stance on on cons. It doesn't track, really, with his history of how he got into law. You'd think as a judge he'd be able to go back to some of his roots. But, it yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's, I mean, it's a pretty predictable episode. It's like, oh, we hire a con and then something happens. Um, and then it turns out to not be the con. But like, you know, it's just it's predictable. And I didn't I don't want to say that I like hated it, but like, you know, it's nothing special. No. Yeah. The, the, the only thing I have written for it is predictable. It is there. It's very yeah. predictable. All right. Episode 16. Bundle of joy. The clan fa- uh, fantasizes about life with a new baby. What a waste of an episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just more opportunity to play up all those fantasy things. Also, this is I che- I was checking to see if because <laughs> like literally in episode six I wrote what a worthless episode, and then here I'm like what a waste of an episode. And it's just like the amount of times I finished an episode and went, God, that was that was like eating rice paper and calling it a meal. <laughs> like holy shit. <laughs> um. Also, like you said, you claim that third episode is the only time Ashley really does anything. Ashley has a thing here of being forgotten and having no identity in the family anymore. And then the episode ends with them forgetting her. So it's like, what am I supposed to think, writers? Right. What are you trying to get me to feel? (laughs) Like... Are you like this is just Meg from Family Guy before Meg from Family Guy at right. this point? Ugh. Episode 17, The Best Laid Plans. Will pretends to marry a woman just to have sex with her. Yeah, this is the one that you were gonna talk about. Um Do I again, even have to say yeah. it? No, I think we could just skip it because I think everybody knows our stance on that. Fucking A. Yeah, it's bad. episode 18 the alma mater princeton accepts will but rejects carlton i stopped after the wonderful life skit i could i I was i was done it's uh it's bad like and again we're here again we've done this three times we've done this episode three times where there was the time with the basketball there was the time with the sats and now the college application where will gets some sort of like magical extracurricular buy and Carlton freaks out. And so, like, I, I just didn't want to watch it a third time, especially when the stakes are higher. It's gross. It's also just such a wasted opportunity because here is a God's honest chance to literally have an emotional episode for Carlton with Phil 
to finally just address the fucking bullshit of just, like, Carlton wants to do all these amazing things because his dad, in his mind, is amazing. Just set the fucker straight. Like, Jesus, one time, tell him he'd be proud of him and he'd happy he'd be happy for him and you'd love him if he were a fucking janitor or the president just once can we just have the actual real emotional episode where carlton does genuinely break down and is just like i can't do it i'm not actually good enough and phil comforts him and goes I don't care if you're good enough or not good enough or however society defines it. You're my son. Like, they try and pay lip service to it at the end. They try to scavenge it. But I'm like, no, fuckos. You don't get to squander a wonderful life skit by just making dumb, lazy jokes and claiming that the only good thing Carlton does for the family is be the fucking stick in the mud. Fuck off. Yeah. No. So gross to claim that oh, all they Jones. want is happiness. That means they don't want success. All they want is happiness. So they're going to fail in life. And I'm like, this is one of two times in the show that I'm like, show you can go fuck off with your takes on yeah. life because they're not accurate. It's very early 90s. At all. Fuck. Jesus. Episode 19, Just Say Yo, Kill Me. Carlton accidentally overdoses on drugs. Yep, um, the attempt at the most serious topic of the season. My whole thing is that, like, everyone gets really mad at Will, and, like, justifiably so for, like, you know, dipping into that stuff but and not, like, warning Carlton that those are there. But also, like, it's not his fault. Like, it's really not. It's really not his fault. Like, should like honestly, what they should be doing is they should have gone, okay, cool, who gave you these? Did you ever take them? Okay, but you have them in your locker. Okay, we're going to talk about that, but who gave them to you? Okay, cool. We're going to get that kid kicked out of school. Like, th- it's that simple. It's and, and Will, if for once, is like trying to do his best with all his extracurriculars, and he doesn't take the drugs. So he's doing something right. It sucks that he has to be tired for his date, but like, you know, and like that's a lesson to be learned, but like it's not his fault. Jesus. This is just the show doesn't actually learn anything from the way it does its own shit because they have so many takeaways and moral lessons from the show. But the one moral lesson that I have continuously taken away from all of these episodes is hey, there's more to parenting than yelling at your kids. Like, Will, like, fucking Phil finds out Will had drugs, didn't take drugs, didn't sell drugs, didn't give drugs to Carlton, but just was in the possession of drugs. And his immediate knee-jerk response is to put him on blast, yell at him, and get him to, like, have this fucking emotional scene in front of the entire family. And I'm like... Will no person just have a heart-to-heart conversation? Like, yeah, it's really God. simple to be like, hi, we're going to call a family meeting. I, Phil, am going to tell you what the reality is because Carlton covered for him. 
and didn't want, you know, didn't want him to get in trouble. But we need to talk about this as a family because there's also other children involved in that family who need to know this lesson. Yeah, uh, actually, um, hello. This is a good opportunity to have t something to do with Ashley for once. Fuck. Right. Ugh. Shit. God. Anyway. Episode 20, the baby comes out. Vivian's a week overdue and sympathy pains hospitalized Phil. Can I send some flowers to Janet Hubert? Yeah, seriously. Cle clearly these writers hated her. It That's, yeah, it's bad. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre to watch now. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the culmination of, like, the whole my hand bit. It's like, it's the culmination of all the bad pregnancy jokes that we've experienced the entire season. That's it. And then, actually. And then the baby's she, barely present for the rest of the season. Does she actually? I think she shows up once, I know for sure, after this. But she's basically gone in the last four episodes. Yep. Uh, episode 21. You bet your life. Will Carlton and Jazz riff for 20 minutes. <laughs> No, but actually remind me of the plot. <laughs> this is apparently they're going to visit the College of Nevada. Oh, yeah. Carlton gets addicted to gambling. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, all they do, it's just them making jokes in a in a back, you know, backwoods truck stop for a whole episode. And Bo Jackson's here. Whoopee. Yeah, it, that's it. Boring. All right, episode 22. Ain't no business like show business. Will's childhood pal, who's a stand-up comedian, shows up, and Will tries to do what he can do. So this sitcom, and for those who aren't aware, a sitcom stands for situational comedy. So this sitcom wants to tell me to not pursue comedy because it has no future. Really? Re and they cast an actual stand-up comedian in D.L. Hughley. Really? Really? Yeah, it's... I mean, I'm glad Will gets his comeuppance, but nothing much else to say. Fucking episode 23, The Way We Were. The second clip show in three seasons. Yeah, and then they just renew their vows, and it's done end this farce already. Yeah, which they don't deserve after this season. Um, episode 24, six degrees of graduation. Will must perform with eight-year-olds as a flower at his high, uh, in order to graduate at his commencement. I literally skipped through this episode in about five minutes, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, it's, it's one of those moments where, like, if you had a better backbone through the rest of the season and, like, had some growth in the middle of it, you probably could have earned that comedic moment with the sunflower thing and him, like, rallying the kids. But you didn't earn it. I didn't care. The only good moment of that entire episode is when Carlton is valedictorian and Will, like, like mouths that he's proud of him. That's the only good part. Like, what is with this show in finales? Because they, they, yeah, they can't suck do at them. They're so bad. Um... Fuck, that's it. I'm glad we're done. Yeah. Uh, shit. Let's do lowest rated episode first. I can't pick one. Like, <laughs> it's probably one of the two. It's probably one of the two, uh, like, ones that. It's probably one of the two ones that Will tries to sleep with a girl who he shouldn't sleep with. 
So either the Cold War or the best laid plans. Yeah, just equally, equally shit. Uh, my lowest is that's no lady, that's my cousin. It's just terrible. It's just bad. Like from top to bottom, it is so cringy. It's just like there are episodes that have worse things in it. There are episodes that are like straight up boring, like the You Bet Your Life episode, but just I remember I was three episodes into this season and it wasn't looking good. And I was just like, this is the worst episode. And I, 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 I'm like, it's going to take something really, really, really bad to top this. And honestly, the best laid plans is, is like right behind it. It's right behind. The only thing that really tips the scales of the, the that's my cousin episode is the weird incestual undertone that they flirt with for a sec. And I'm like, why? And then also just the blatant hypocrisy. Just like I can't with the blatant hypocrisy and the no character growth and just God, stop policing women. Fuck. I can't. Ugh. So what's really going to be interesting is the highest rated episode of the season. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's probably a probably a tie for me between uh, the funny thing that happened on the way from the forum and Boys in the uh, Boys in the Woods, only because I liked the storyline with Hillary and Boys in the Woods. And Will is not terrible in funny thing that happened on the way from the forum. I it's 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 interesting because we made different decisions for somewhat the same reason. And I think my highest is Hillary gets a job because I like that they're actually fucking doing something with Hillary. Uh, and Will isn't terrible in it in the sense that, like, he is genuinely trying to do something for a good cause. And this was like a nice uh, let me just double check. This was after. Yes, this was after the Will Gets Committed episode where he tries to do more stuff in the community. So it was at least like in line and like it felt like they were actually yeah. progressing the characters for a sec. Um, and then the rest of the season happened and mm, nope. So I don't know. We could go one of two ways with this. We can either do the very, what I feel is a very obvious least valuable character first, or we could do whatever we thought was the most valuable character first. Um, uh, I, I do most valuable. Okay. My, most valuable almost by virtue of just process of elimination is Ashley. But she doesn't do anything. Cause like, yeah, everyone else that opens their damn mouth damns themselves at almost every turn. See, so I'm going to counter this so that we can have a back and forth. Mine is Hillary. Cause Hillary is the only one who presents any sort of growth. I dabbled with Hillary in this entire season. I dabbled. Hillary is the only one who doesn't have a net negative. For me, it's, like, she does progress in certain aspects. Like, she does get a job, and she does have an actual interesting relationship, which is more than I can say for anyone else. (laughs) But also, like, 
they are very clearly not going to let Hillary actually keep growing. And that was abundantly clear in the uh, Bundle of Joy episode where, Christ, the writer's opinion of Hillary is just laid bare in her fantasy of what a little sibling is going to be like. Yeah. To basically have a servant that she can just be awful to. (laughs) So that was like really the one thing that kept me from calling her my most valuable character was that one episode. Yeah. And least valuable character is Will Smith. Fuck. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Jesus. I mean, sh- I mean, shit. Fuck, man. <laughs> um, what is there to even say? I think we can use this to springboard into our general notes because yeah, he's in the doghouse the entire goddamn season for me. The fat jokes, the degrading women jokes, the constant short jokes for Carlton wore so thin after a while. Just. The absolute refusal to grow. Just. Wow. It's it even impressed me. Somebody who really did not like Will's character for the first two seasons. Even I was just like, this is impressive levels of douchebaggery right here. Holy shit. Fuck. How am I ever supposed to like this guy? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not good, honestly. I mean, honestly, like, you know, I I had a really hard time. I, I the, Here's the thing. I flew through it because I didn't care. Like, at no point did I, did I care. Because everyone, like, you started off the season immediately with the same storyline from the first episode. But worse... Because now we know how much better these people can be, and they won't be. They just won't do it. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm just like, what What exactly am I supposed to be rooting for? Is Will going to have to learn his lesson again? Like, Will, you should know about code switching at this point. You go to Bel Air Prep. Like, you can live both lives. And, like, you can also, you can also in, like, measured ways incorporate your Philly life with your Bel Air life and vice versa. Like I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen Will go back to Philly and be all Bel Air. I actually think that would have been a better moment because then he can look at Philly and say, look, I still love you. I'm still a part. You're still a part of me and, and I can hang, but like there's another way of living that I'm, that I'm living and I'm getting an opportunity. So like, let me have that. Because that's a that's a much more interesting storyline and a much bigger portion of growth. But no, instead, they just hit the reset button. And I'm just like, no, I don't want a reset button. I want them to grow up. I want like it's their senior year of high school. Most seniors, their senior year of high school, by comparison to other years, are at their most mature and like care the least about petty shit because they're trying to move on with their lives and go to college. So, like, why are you so hung up on these girls? And, like, why are you sticking your dick where you're not supposed to? It doesn't make sense. And that's that's the big thing. It's, like, it's not even that, like, you know, yes, we've seen symptoms of this in other episodes all the way through. But it just doesn't make sense for him to not get over those things. They set up the dominoes for him to get over those things and grow up. And then he doesn't. It doesn't make sense. 
It almost yeah. it almost does feel because like there was the whole there was a the whole thing about like why they recast at the Aunt Viv and how Will Smith's ego was too large. It does kind of sound like Will Smith as a like a power within this conversation was like, hey, give me a machine gun. I'm gonna shoot everywhere with, you know, whatever the fuck I want and people are going to love it. And that's exactly what you shouldn't have done. That's evidence in jazz as a non-character keeping forced back into these episodes. It's just, yeah, he keeps coming back because fucking Will probably wants him back. Like, yeah. But also while you were talking, I'm like, you know what? The perfect excuse for a clip show is an episode where Will goes to Philly to visit and he realize like he's talking with old friends and they're dogging on like Bel Air and how he had to live with the bougie people and Will tells stories of all the shit that he's gotten up to in Bel Air and how it's just as, you know, just as valid of shit that they used to get up to in Philly. And the stuff that he's doing in Bel Air is just as valid as the stuff that he used to do in Philly. And it's like, it could genuinely have been an episode that addresses that, like, you know what, maybe Bel Air isn't that bad. And it's a actual character tor- turning point within a clip show. Like, you could genuinely actually use a clip show to further character development. But, like, this is giving the show so much credit <laughs> that it doesn't yeah. earn. So, uh, yeah, it's like it's like they had to they they basically like we chugged along. We got a lot, you know, a lot of good and some bad and, you know, you know, uh, not enough bad to keep us from enjoying it um, in the first two seasons. And then they just decided to turn to make an exit from that highway they were on and and drive through Dookie land um, because I genuinely believe that, like, you know, if if this was not the format of the show, that there could have been something redeemed in the next few seasons because there, I know that there's other good stuff coming. Um, and you know, if we did like a, a memory lane of like good stuff, you know, of what's to come, then like, yeah, maybe it would change my mind, but this is just, it's such a damning season where I'm just like, ugh, nothing about this. I enjoyed. Which naturally brings us to the big question. I think it's going to be unprecedented here, bud. Much like the unprecedented uh, second continuation of a show, uh, look, I'm not going to draw this out. I think it's fairly obvious. I literally yeah. said, paraphrased, at the at the end of our season two Fresh Prince one, I'm like, I'm renewing season two with the asterisk that season three needs to be better or else I will reject this show. And guess what? <laughs> yep. You didn't do it. So I'm rejecting Fresh Prince. Yeah, I am also rejecting Fresh Prince. And there you go. There you have it. It's done. Our first ever. You know what? You had a good run. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> nah, you nah, really nah, did. Nah, nah. Hey, hey, hey. Good I mean, like, after time. season two, I genuinely thought this could be the show we finish. But this just, it's out. Hey, well, we did finish a show. We finished two shows, Trev. <laughs> That's, I mean, I guess, yeah. That's different. 
<laughs> I'm taking what I can get. It's going to be hard finishing shows on this fucking list. <laughs> yeah. So. But, uh, oh, yeah, what, uh, we got to do that noise you did in that one episode, like, da 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 It's rejected. So long. See you later. That's a long, that's a long, uh, long time ago I did that. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next segment. All right, which brings us to the best part of every month on this podcast where we get to do the draft, baby. Yeah, it's time. I'm just going to start sending you shiny wrapped things in the mail, TJ. They're not going to be of any importance, but I think that it's just something that brings you joy is the unwrapping. <laughs> God, I really just like, I like, I like roulettes and drafts. I've been conditioned. Look, I'm a wrestling fan. The Royal Rumble is the best pay-per-view of the year, damn it. And I will hear no I will hear no objections. <laughs> Every wrestling fan will agree with me. No, no, no. It's the Royal Rumble. It's the it's the random 30 entrance that pops us every time. You can't argue with that. So, <laughs> without any further ado, it is time for the reject or renew Red Team Reviews Draft. I did that backwards, but I'm not redoing it. Okay, so. All right. <laughs> if you now don't he's going to do the long-winded explanation. <laughs> look, I'm going to keep it short, all right? Look, look, I mean, <laughs> could, this could be somebody's first time. So if this is your first right. time listening, here are the rules and how this works real quick. On our site and on our Instagram at Red Team Pod for the Instagram and redteampod.com for the website. Uh, we have a giant list of 60 shows divided into three categories of 20. Those categories are comedy, drama slash action, and animation. Each month, in order to figure out what show we're going to review for Reject or Renew for the end of that month, we pick three random shows, one from each category, we have a fan vote, which will get two points because, I mean, it's the fan vote. We want you to vote and participate. And we also have uh, the option for one show that we've been doing to get uh, continued. So now, since we just rejected Fresh Prince, we only have two of those now. So we can literally just Buffy or friends. flip a fucking coin or a digital coin. <laughs> So, first things first, we are going to get our random shows, one from each category, and we are going to start with comedy. So, the first comedy we have on the docket, we are rolling a d20 virtually, and the number is 17. And that show is... Holy shit, it's Seinfeld! <laughs> oh, okay. Oh my god! I don't know how I feel about that. Move on. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to do it until you stopped me. Uh, All right. <laughs> our random pick for drama slash action is... Ooh, number 16. They're coming close this time. 
Oh, it's Daredevil! Ah. Better late than never for the Marvel shit. (laughs) All right. As if I haven't been stewing myself in WandaVision. I mean, oh, yeah, God. We probably... No, let's... Yeah, okay, never mind. I had a thought, but nope. All right, so our random pick for the animation category... Let's make it a good one, please. I'm rooting for your animation. Wow, 17 again. Holy shit. Rip headphone users. Oh, shit. Hot damn. Infinity train. Oh, it's a All new right. one. It's a new one. I'm ready for it. I'm pumped, man. Oh, my God. Right. I'm peeking my microphone. I can already tell. And our fan vote, which uh, if you want to vote for April's show... Uh, for the fan vote, you can go to redteampod.com and vote on our polls. You can vote once for each category. Uh, our winner for March is Firefly, which has one season. It's been a contender for the past few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it. I, hey, it's a season long. So if we get it, we can cross another one off the list. That'll be exciting. Yep. Oh, so. We can also have the discourse. <laughs> All right. Which leaves our continuation show. Now, we have either season two of Friends or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm going to flip a coin. Heads will be Friends, Tails will be the Vampire Slayer. Flipping a virtual coin. And it is fucking Tails. God damn it. Buffy. It is Buffy. Fuck. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So now we have our D6. Whew. All right. I'm building the suspense. Because by going back, basically, I had to, I had a roll a dice thing open. And I had to leave it to flip the coin. And I came back and it, by itself, rolled itself to a random number. So I'm building tension because I already know that the winner of the Rejector Renew for April, to recap, number one was Seinfeld. Number two was Daredevil. Number three was Infinity Train. Four and five were Firefly. And six was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But none of that means anything because animation has been redeemed! Infinity Train, motherfuckers! Yes! Yes! Alright! Alright! Animation! (laughs) Wait, 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 Trevor. Yes! You are the one! <laughs> you are the one! This will be interesting. Is this is is it like the full season's out? God, you failed me, Trevor. <laughs> it's your show. Where's that turkey is our mom now? Fuck. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity Train, I think, just got picked up for a fourth season. Oh, so there's many seasons. I had no idea how long it had been. Yeah, I, at first I wasn't going to put it on there because uh, I thought it was only a single season, but that's uh, the other one. one of The one you mentioned. Uh, Over the Hedge, I think? Oh, Over the Garden Hedge? Uh, yeah, I think that's only one season, but this one has three seasons, and it just got picked up for a fourth. This show has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. 
what the fuck? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. So I'm pumped. I don't know about y'all, but I'm pumped. <laughs> so March has been an absolute monster of a month. We thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't listened to our before and after Pixar rankings, go listen to them. If you haven't listened to our two-part spectacular with all five members of the red team here to rank the undisputed best Disney song ever made in a two-part tournament, go listen to that. It's amazing. and It took me so fucking long to edit. I still haven't finished by the time this is being recorded. Um... Trevor, any last words from today? Uh, it's uh, just a little nugget of an episode. Um, you got highs, you got lows. Um, you know, I think that it's been a uh, roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I think we've been up and down. So I'm looking forward to honestly. Yeah, I'm. I, I enjoyed every minute of recording this month, but I'm I'm happy to be back in the in the realm of like maybe I just watch two movies for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm purposefully <laughs> while, while scheduling April, I'm going to look for any opportunity to be like, let's chill. April's a come Yeah, down maybe month. we can cut something here or there. <laughs> cut something here or there. Uh, we'll see. You'll see as we go forward. Uh, I'm going to be changing some things up. We're going to be trying some things out. But, uh, until next time, I've been TJ from, a t- uh, wow. Oh my God. That's my old YouTube sign off. What the shit? I'm too excited. <laughs> no, I'll Calm leave down. it in. Calm down. <laughs> I've been TJ Patrick. That's who I've A white been. man. What do they do A about what? it? Nothing. Typical. What did you say? It's been trending lately. It's the new girl quote with Schmidt and the little kid and the white man broke into the preschool and... Anyway, look it up. It's trending. If you're on the internet, you know it's what trending. So get off my back. <laughs> anyway, I'll send you something, TJ. Trevor Catalano, bye. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs>